Now then, welcome to a brand new way of doing the podcast, for a little while at least anyway. Uh, I'm doing live daily videos answering questions and stuff like that on all my social media channels. So why not let you guys get value from it as well? So welcome to Dazed, Confused and Generally Buggered. Hopefully you enjoy it. The Social Media Podcast with Simon Scholes. Tips, hints and great content ideas. Good morning, how are you diddling? Excellent, me too. Thank you very much for asking. We are live. Uh, welcome to the weekend. How has your week been? Has it been a good week for you this week? It's been an interesting week for me. Um, the bad weather obviously causing us not to be able to go for walks yesterday meant the stream was delayed. Um, but it's been a really good week. I've done a stream every day. We've had guests and all that kind of stuff, which has been really cool. Uh, hopefully you've been able to join us most of those days. If you're brand new to the stream right now or you're watching this on replay, Welcome along. Every single day we do an episode of Dazed, Confused and Generally Buggered. For those of you who don't know, I'm Simon Scholes. I'm the founder and creative director of Perception Studios. We're an award-winning visual marketing agency. We're based in the UK, but we help brands and businesses create social media content that really helps them stand out, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, all sorts of different places. But not only that, um, a few years ago, I decided I really wanted to help people understand what they could do themselves for free as well, because not everybody can afford to come to an agency, get content made for them. So what can you do yourselves for free? Sometimes it takes a little bit of consultation to help somebody one-to-one, but generally you have a good understanding of what you can do yourself at the end of my How to Nine Times Your Social Media Process of what you can do for free. That's my book, How to Nine Times Your Social Media Process. Basically, It takes you through the whole process of how you can create one piece of content and repurpose it into many pieces of content. And right now, when content is king and you should be putting more content out to your audience, it's the perfect time to learn how to repurpose content, how to make that blog that you've written work harder for you, how to make that video that you created a while ago do more for you, how to make that podcast that you've got make more content from that. There's all sorts of stuff you can do with lots of different forms of content and if you want to get hold of a copy of my book, it doesn't cost you a penny. It's absolutely free. Just go and join my group, How to Nine Times Your Social Media. It's down there right now. I'm, uh, it's not linked, but basically that's all you've got to do is type that into the Facebook search bar. It will find my group. It's How to Nine X, not Nine Times, which is the star, um, your social media. It will find the group, join the group, and then you can download my book absolutely free. It will not cost you a penny. There are some details you fill in, but then that's only if you want to join up to my newsletter. If you don't, you just say no, and then you get my book for free, and you still never hear from me ever again. And let's face it, that's probably a good thing for some people. So yeah, go and get yourself a free copy of my book, and it'll take you through that entire process of how to nine times your social media. One of the elements that I get asked about a lot, though, is YouTube and how people can get more of an audience on YouTube. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Don't forget, as always, the comments are open for you right now on this video, wherever platform you're watching on, be it on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're watching right now, leave a comment, say hello, let me know that you can hear me, tell me where you are in the world. It'd be really great to hear from you. And also, if you've got any questions whatsoever, feel free to drop those into the comments as well. And maybe we could even get you in on the live today, actually have a chat with you, find out a bit more about your business, class it as a bit of free publicity. Hey, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Um, And yeah, we can have a bit of a chin wag and chat about your business and answer your questions that way. Or if you're too embarrassed, and I know not everybody really wants to stick their hand up in the classroom and be seen as that person asking a question, 
right along the bottom there at the moment, you can see it scrolling on by my email address. Type in an email, send it to me. We can either book in a one-to-one -one on a Skype call and have a chat and have some free time together and uh, just try and answer your question that way. Or I can just take all your details out, take your question, and I can answer it in tomorrow's live stream. We are going live seven days a week, not a single day off. We're going to make this absolutely all the time, keep going every single day at 11 o'clock-ish, depending on whether Max is asleep or not. Today, Susanna, even though she's an NHS key worker, is actually off work today, which is awesome. She gets some rest. She gets some time with Max. I get to go live at 11 o'clock which is brilliant. So uh, we're live at 11 while Susanna is watching Max. So cool, excellent. Anyway, <clears throat> let me know where you are in the world, who you are, what you're up to, what business you've got. Just drop it into the comments and we'll, um, we'll say hello to you. Um, in the meantime, um, how about we have a chat about YouTube? First things first, I need a drink. Okay, so first thing we're going to talk about is getting your content absolutely 100% seen on the feed on YouTube. When people search for something on YouTube, and you've got to remember YouTube is the second biggest search engine on the planet. It's owned by Alphabet, who are a subsidiary of Google. So therefore, obviously, Google's number one, and YouTube is number two. So do not ever forget that. It's the second biggest search engine on the planet and probably going to become the number one search engine on the planet in the next few years because more and more people are searching for video content over and above any other content there is out there. Don't get me wrong. Podcasts are rising to the top very, very quickly. But right now, videos, absolutely 100%. It's the kind of stuff that people want to be able to watch and see and learn from. And the main thing being is because when it, whether it's like learning a magic trick or whatever like that, you can actually see it being done. You can see it being talked about. There's more of that human interaction, that connection between you and the person that you're talking to. When they write it, you get some brilliant writers and you can get yourself completely immersed into their content. But not necessarily always is there going to be that level of human connection. I'm talking to you right now. You're right there behind the lens. And that's why video is such a powerful tool to a brand and to a business. And if you're not using it, especially right now, when you can't get in front of new customers or potential customers or potential audience members, and this is the best way that you can actually talk to them, you have to start using video so that you can talk to people. So you can break down that boundary or that, that barrier of them not being able to see you. They can, you can see me right now. I can't see you, but you can see me. And that's breaking that barrier down. I'm talking to you. I'm giving you value, hopefully. Hopefully, you're going to get some value from this. And that's why video is such a powerful tool to your brand and to your business right now. Let's have a quick look on the comments. Uh, Miles has joined us again. Hello, Miles. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, the, the weather was rubbish here yesterday, and it's not so great here today either. Um, but anyway, you can't. You can't predict the weather. Even weathermen can't predict weather these days, apparently. Um, but anyway, so uh, today we're going to talk about YouTube. I did invite somebody who's a friend of mine, who's an expert on this area, into the stream today. But unfortunately, um, I did invite him very late in the day. I meant to invite him yesterday. completely forgot. I invited him this morning. And then I was just checking to see if he'd seen the message, but he hasn't. So unfortunately, he won't join us. But maybe he'll join us on a future stream because... He's, he's really switched on with this kind of stuff um, and he uses different apps to help find different things as well. I'll explain more about that later on. But right now, okay, so we are going to try and get your content seen by more people here on uh, YouTube. Oh, I've got a visitor. Hello. 
Yes, go away. <laughs> the little man just walking in. Um, anyway, so how do you get your content seen? Well, the first thing, like I say, you've got to remember is YouTube is a search engine. So a lot of people are typing in for content and then up pops a lot of content that they want to choose from. Now, if you're doing it on your phone, for example, um, it would look like that. That, that. That was me searching for the body coach and some stuff that he's done. And um, that's that's how it would generally look on um, on YouTube. If you go to the main YouTube page on on um, the app as well, it just it, it does that. It doesn't really give you much. It just gives you the thumbnail, bit of a moving GIF as well. Um, and so yeah, that that's what it looks like on the app. However, if you go onto the website on your web on your computer, um, it will actually give you the thumbnail of the video, the title of the video, and the first three lines of the description as well. And this is where it's really important because what you want to do is make sure all three of those things are drawing people back into your content. So if your thumbnail is purely and simply one of the automated stills that's come from your video, unless it looks absolutely stunning, there's a very, very high chance that that person is not going to click on your piece of content because the one underneath it has a better thumbnail. So what you want to think about doing is creating thumbnails specifically to your content. Now, there are apps that will help you do this. There are actual apps that will help you overall with YouTube. But right now, I'm just going to say to you, if you've got some photo editing software or if you've got um, artwork software on your computer, and we pretty much can all get hold of something that's that kind of thing for free, get hold of a copy and start using it, whether it's MS Paint and you're making a really simple picture or you're using something like Photoshop and making something look absolutely the D's B's. It doesn't matter as long as it's better than a gen. If I use a still from this, would it make you want to stop and click and take a look at what I'm talking about? Probably not. But if, it, if, if my thumbnail was just that, just that, would that make you want to stop by, click on that video? Probably not. Now, if my thumbnail was bright and had my face on it, maybe, and a bit more like motion into it, and it had the title of the video popping out at you and all that kind of stuff, that is more likely to make you want to watch that piece of content. And that's why thumbnails are such an important aspect of when it comes to creating content. Now, when you create the content, we'll talk about that in a bit. There's got to be a lot more to that as well. But you're trying to draw people into the content in the first place, what it is that you've made. <clears throat> so the first things first, get your thumbnail right. Change the thumbnail. Don't use the thumbnail that it automatically gives you. It's just the wrong way forward. Really, really make a thumbnail that absolutely pops for your niche audience. Remember, you know who your avatar is. You know who your ideal customer is. So you know the colors that they probably like, the actual stylization that they'll probably like, what will draw them into your content. So you've got to get that thumbnail right. <clears throat> the next thing is the title. So your title has to also draw people in, but you can't clickbait. It's the same with a thumbnail. It's the same with a title. It's the same with description. It's the same with your meta tags. You cannot just drop stuff in there in the hope that it will bring people into videos. Um, back in the day, there was, um, I think they were called the response girls. And basically, there were women who would wear very low-cut tops or just a bikini because they knew guys would be searching for stuff. They would pop up and go, oh, I'll have a look at that, and would click on their content and not really care about watching the content, but they would watch the video. 
YouTube got wise to that and they've actually stopped that kind of thing because it's called what's called clickbait. You get even worse clickbait where people will put a thumbnail up of that type of thing and it's not in the video at all. Or the title is something really dubious and actually it's not within the video whatsoever. It's called clickbait. You're clickbaiting people into the content and then it's not actually there. You've probably seen adverts for it uh, on Facebook and stuff like that. When you go onto Facebook and there's something in the stream and it's going, I can't believe she did this, but then it doesn't tell you what she did. And then you go and click on it and actually she's not done anything. It's not about the person that was in the photograph at all. It's about somebody else and nothing that they did. So that is clickbait. And then it just cheeses off the audience. So if you clickbait an audience, the chances are they'll give you 20, 30 seconds of the time, skip through the content, see if what they're looking for is actually there, what, what was in your thumbnail, what was in your title. And if it's not, they'll drop straight back out of your content, which means your retention time will drop down on your content, will drop down on your channel. And it means that YouTube looks at that and goes, oh, well, their content must be shit. I'm not going to feed it to anybody. So they don't bother, bother feeding that content to anybody who's potentially going to watch it. So don't clickbait. Make a great thumbnail. Have a great title. Something that you know is going to draw people in. How-tos are great things. Um, just anything that you know is going to help somebody out. Um, ways to save money. That kind of stuff is really going to help people. Oh, I've just got a message. Just let's see if it's... Uh, who I'm hoping it is, it probably isn't, sadly not, no, no, I still not seen it. Um, so yeah, draw people into your content with those two things. Then the first three lines of your description, make sure that the title of your video is within those first three lines of the description. Number one, YouTube is looking out for that as part of the algorithm that we know of at the moment, it changes on a regular basis. But uh, number two, also, the audience will be looking out for that as well. Those people who are taking time to look at a thumbnail, read a title, and then read a little bit about the description want to see that actually what you're talking about is in the description as well, because then they know there's more of a chance that it's not just clickbait and not a lot of crap. You are actually going to teach them how to change the headlight on a Peugeot 106 or something like that. So make sure that you get those three elements right, because when people are searching for something in particular, and it might be within your niche, then there's a really good chance that that is the way that they will come and click on your content. So I always harp on about them, but if you're an accountant and you're creating a video that's connected to a blog that you've written in the past, and it's about how people can claim for fuel uh, on their expenses, then you would have a picture of you, maybe sat in a fake picture of you sat in a car, like your face in the window of a car, and then money coming out the exhaust pipe or something like that on a blank background or your local area's background, pretending you're driving on the road. Obviously, it wouldn't be real. It's a cartoon car. And then your title would be how to save money or how to save money with your fuel expenses or something along those lines. And then your first three lines would be um, tax seasons upon us. Everybody asks me how to save money with their fuel expenses. Here's how you can claim as much as possible. And then just give them that in the description and away you go. You've got a great piece of potential content that somebody's going to click on. So that brings us to the content. And I want you to make sure that your content is giving value. Very quickly, let's go and have a look, see on the uh, comments, see if anybody's commenting at the moment. A good morning to Ed, who's also joined us this morning. Hope you're doing well as well, Ed. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, he's listening or watching, in fact, on uh, Facebook. If you didn't catch yesterday's live broadcast, Ed came to join us. Um, and he's a journalism student uh, doing sports journalism. 
and we had a really interesting chat about some of the stuff that he does. He does a lot of content dedicated towards Leeds United. We won't hold that against him. Um, but yeah, go and check out yesterday's video after this one's finished. And, and don't forget as well, if you're watching right now, drop your comments in wherever it is you're watching, whether it be on the Perception Studios Facebook page, the How to Nine Times Your Social Media Facebook page, the YouTube page, the Periscope page, the Twitter page, the Twitch page, wherever you're watching, get yourself actually um, ans asking some questions. Right now is the perfect time for you to ask some questions and uh, get as many of them answered as we possibly can. I've got more people joining the How to Nine Times Your Social Media group. I'm just accepting those right now so they can come and uh, join us. So yeah, absolutely, come and ask your questions and um, it would be really cool to have you join us this morning. Just let us know you're alive out there. Let us know in the comments that you're out there. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so the video content that you're creating itself. Now, this is where my opinion differs to a lot of people generally. So many people will talk about getting the right camera or getting a good green screen or getting great lighting. I have not, well, I've got a bit of lighting. I've got, um, let me just turn it off so you can see. I have a ring light, which is just down the side of my desk. I would show you where it is, but you're on an iMac and you're a bit heavy to pick up. But anyway, that goes down the side here. Sorry, I probably just blinded you. And I've bounced the light off the wall and then it lights me a little bit better because otherwise, um, let me just show you. I am a bit dark. I look like I'm a criminal. Um, <clears throat> so there we go. So um, a little bit of lighting, not the worst idea. But generally, you don't need a great camera. You don't need a great setup. It's nice to have all those things. But if you don't have the space to do it, just creating the content is what is important. Perfect content is not important. The value within the content that you're creating is what's important. Whether you're a recruitment agency, whether you are an accountant, whether you are um, a taxi firm, whether you are a decorator, whatever it is, the content that you're creating, it's the value within that content that you're creating, not how great it actually looks. Because not everybody is a videographer. Not everybody has those skills. So using your mobile phone and getting the best quality that you can, not a bad thing, but worrying about it not being perfect, really do not worry about it not being perfect. It's not important, it's that value within it. So rather than shooting something to look absolutely perfect, trust me, go for just imperfect content with great value. Uh, good morning to Chris Pierce. Thank you very much for joining us, Chris. And um, I'm glad you like the t-shirt, there we go. It's a, a stormtrooper knocking out another stormtrooper. <clears throat> Obviously, in inter stormtrooper boxing match, I don't know what you would call it. Ed, I will come back to your question a little bit later. We're going to finish off talking about YouTube, and then I will uh, come back to it. Uh, Ed's not a fan of Star Wars. Oh, dear me. You can go off a person very quickly, can't you? Um, so anyway, yeah, where was I? Talking about uh, the video content. So make sure your content's giving value. And the only other tip I would definitely give you right now is don't film like that, film like this. Um, so, uh, oh, Chris has joined us from Rossbrook Charters Accountants in Newbury. Uh, he's uh, currently listening on YouTube in the middle of a countryside walk with his dog and enjoyed the suggestion about the accountant in the cartoon car. It was aimed at you, Chris. Perfect. Brilliant. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad you like the idea. It's just about having fun with your content, but making sure that you're going to get some value over as well. There's so much different stuff you can do. Uh, and of course, you can always get me in for a consultation if you want. I don't mind uh, when all this craziness is over or on a Skype or Zoom call. Anyway, uh, moving on from trying to get some business. Um, 
so yes, we've talked about the video. We've talked about the fact that we want it in portrait and uh, landscape, not portrait. We want it like that, not like that. If you're going to film on your phone, um, and apart from that, that's about it when it comes to the quality of the content. When it comes to posting it, though, that's another kettle of fish. So we've spoken about the title. We've spoken a little bit about the description, but that's just the first three lines. You have so much more space you can use. It's unreal. You've got a lot of area that you can use uh, when it's coming to content. So film portrait for some social media platforms, uh, such as Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and perhaps Facebook, says Ed. So I wouldn't film portrait for, for Facebook. Definitely not. Probably not even for Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram stories, definitely. But when it comes to Instagram itself or, or other things like that, what you want to do is remember that people are going to watch in a square format. So you just make sure that you're actually setting yourself in the middle of the screen and not moving out of <coughs> where the end edges of the, the content will be. It doesn't matter so much, especially on things like Facebook or on YouTube or on LinkedIn, because it will go, oh, it's a 1080 by 1920 video. I'll make the format that size now. You can make the format square, so it works better on a phone when people are scrolling through it, but it's not actually that essential these days because the platforms have been built or um, revamped and upgraded in such a way that they recognize when a piece of content is in landscape and of a portrait. Even Instagram stories now, which started initially as being a portrait piece of software, actually now recognizes when a piece of content is in landscape and flips it so that it can actually be the full side of the screen and then people just turn the phone and watch the whole thing. So yeah, a lot of the platforms have become a slightly more intelligent to that side of things. Snapchat though, still filming portrait. TikTok, still filming portrait, definitely. Um, and Instagram stories, absolutely still filming portrait as well. Although you can still film in landscape, but it doesn't fill the whole screen. So it's pros and cons. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, moving on to the description of your YouTube video. So you're writing your YouTube video, you've got your first three lines of description, which are going to draw people into your content. That doesn't mean the description stops there. Expand on what you've got to say. If you've used a blog as the content for the actual video, then take bits of the blog out and put them into the description. Your description can be quite extensive, can be a lot longer than you would ever imagine. So feel free to type away. You have a character limit, but trust me, you're probably not going to use it all up just writing a, a, a mini two or three paragraph description of what the video is all about. Once you've written your description, this is where the interesting stuff comes in. You can, on YouTube specifically, set what are called default upload settings. You go into your normal channel settings, you go into your default upload settings, and you can type in things that you want to be in a description every single time. So for example, on mine, it's an explanation of who Perception Studios are, what it is that we do, and then all our social media links and how people can get in touch with us. So those things, every time we upload a video, are always there, always in the description. It saves me having to type them out every single time, or even copy and paste them from somewhere else. So that's what you want to be looking to do, is find a way of going onto the upload defaults and think of what you can write about your content that is really going to constantly draw people back into your content and actually help them understand who you are as a business because obviously you've written your main description i've got another visitor um, you've got your main description um, and so you've done that and it's explaining what the video is about now people want to know who you are and how they can find other content that you create so you write a little bit about your business what it is that you do 
all your social media links. And then one of the big things that a lot of people forget about um, is your website link. Because one of the things that you'll hear video companies say over and over again, I'm going to take a sip on my drink, is that video will help increase your website's dwell time and SEO and also increase your conversion rate. It will do none of those things if YouTube and Google are not talking to each other and recognize that your piece of content is connected to your website. Embedding it in there helps, absolutely. But if somebody comes to your page, if the spider literally comes to your video and scrolls through all the information and cannot tie the two things back together with each other, it will not go, okay, yeah, this video is connected to that website. If you've not embedded that video back in your website, it's certainly not going to because your your actual website is not listed in the description. So make sure you always put your website address into the description. Put it in with your social media links. It's another thing that people can click. To make sure they can click the links, this is where you have to be a little bit clever. You cannot just put in www. You have to put in the whole web address. So whether it's be HTTP or HTTPS, if you've got a security certificate, easy for me to say, on the website of choice, and then colon, forward slash, forward slash, then www dot, and then whatever. So it, it will not be clickable. It will not. It will just show as a piece of text on the description if you just write www dot. You have to put that HTTP, whatever, colon, colon, forward slash, forward slash, and then the rest of the address after that. You have to put that at the beginning, otherwise it will not be clickable, <clears throat> and then people will not click through to the website. Also, YouTube or Alphabet, when they join up together with Google, will not recognize that the website is listed within your description. Okay, so you must put that in there. And along with also your other social media links, because you want people to click through to Facebook, you want people to click through to Twitter and all those other websites that you are using so they can consume your content on other websites as well. They might prefer your TikTok content because it's only 15 seconds long and it's done and it's dusted and it's out of the way. So then you've got somebody who's consuming content in a way they want to consume content. So help them remove that friction, put all those links in there. And that is pretty much what you do with your description area. Then we move on to the tags. <clears throat> tags are important as they are on every single platform, be it a hashtag or a meta tag, which is exactly the same thing essentially. They are important. It's how the platform recognizes your content and makes it searchable to people. So you've got to use your hashtags intelligently. You've got to use your meta tags intelligently. It is a form of SEO. It is a skill set in its own right. You've written your description, you've written your title. So you've got to make sure your title is in your meta tags. And you've got to also make sure that certain key points or keywords are from your, taken from your description and used in your meta tags. But you've also got to get clever with them as well. You've got 500 characters you can use. So remember that. Yes, we'll go back to accountancy. So you are an accountant. But how many people <clears throat> are likely to search accountancy? probably millions. How many are likely to search accountant Newbury? Probably a lot less. So that's what you do. You'd go accountant because you want the hope of potentially dropping into that feed because then you've got a chance of your content going viral. But remembering that you're most likely going to be cannibalized within that feed because so many people are using that, then you also use accountant Newbury. 
accountant West Berkshire, accountant Zero Expert, accountant Sage Expert, accountant Swindon. I'm saying all these because uh, Ross Brook, uh, Chartered Accountants, Chris uh, Davis, who works there, um, he's listening at the moment. So that's the kind of stuff you could use. But you've got to just think outside the box a little bit when it comes to your meta tags. But always use keywords that are in your description first within your meta tags. Then use other ones that you know maybe people are using themselves. Use your own hashtag stroke meta tag as well. So for example, in all my videos, I will have the meta tag how to nine times your social media. I also use that on all my Instagram posts. I use it on Twitter as much as I possibly can do. I use it on Facebook as much as I possibly can do because that is the hashtag I want people using when they're thinking about the content that I'm creating. So tags are exceptionally important, but you've got to get them right. Like I say, it is a skill set in its own right. If you want to learn more, there is a great website. It's called YouTube. Go and search how to do meta tags for my videos, and it will give you even more of a deep insight into it. Or if you prefer, uh, you can go and get a little bit more of an overview, listen to some of the stuff that I've said here, but reading it by getting hold of my book, just go to my group on Facebook, How to Nine Times Your Social Media. It's, uh, it's not linked there, but that's all you gotta do is type that into the search bar on Facebook. That will take you to my group. Join the group, I'll let you in, and then simply all you've gotta do is, um, yeah, just download the book. It is the first link on the page it's pinned to the top of the page so you just click that link it will take you to another page you fill in some details you say yes or no to whether you want my book or not uh, to whether you want to join my newsletter or not some people do some people don't i don't care i just want you to start creating content so if you don't want my my uh, newsletter every week just say no and walk away from it and you'll still get hold of the book for free um <clears throat> so uh, chris has just uh, popped into the um the comments and said top tip thank you not a problem i keep getting a visitor he keeps popping in he's learned how to open doors my little boy so yeah which is great but not so great um anyway absolutely welcome chris um i hope that's uh, helped a little bit and that's kind of youtube as a whole there are other elements in there where you want to when you're creating content you want to draw people into subscribe so make sure you mention that you want them to subscribe on youtube now there's also the little bell which is in the as, it, as you're looking at it, the right-hand corner, as I'm pointing to it, the left-hand corner, but the right-hand corner, um, there's a little bell there. If people click on that, then they'll get a notification on their phone when a piece of your content goes live. So make sure you get them to do that as well. Make sure you encourage them to comment. So the content that you're making, maybe make it a little bit open, ask them, get them to ask you questions, that kind of stuff. Like I do every single day with this, I want you to ask me questions. If you've got any questions whatsoever, stick them in the comments, let me know you're out there. We'll answer as many of them as we possibly can do. That kind of thing will really help your content actually start to soar a little bit more. You can also make sure you ask people to interact with your content. So not necessarily comment, not necessarily subscribe, because they might be already subscribed, but they're either thumbs up or the thumbs down. YouTube sees them both as exactly the same thing. So don't worry too much about a thumbs down, but aim for thumbs up. It's nice because obviously then people come into the content and go, ah, oh, there's 50 thumbs up. It must be pretty good. I'll watch it. So um, obviously don't encourage people to thumbs down. That's pretty much it. That's kind of YouTube in a nutshell. There is a lot more to it. And we will cover that off in another video because we've been going for 30 minutes. Um, and so I'm not going to go on about YouTube any longer. Um, but when I get my mate to come and join me on the live stream, 
sometime next week, hopefully keep your fingers crossed. And um, that would be really cool. We'll, we'll go over it even more. So yeah, he's, he's not seeing my message, unfortunately. He's, uh, he's probably busy. It is Saturday after all, not everybody is available. Um, Ed asking on YouTube, is it worth hiding likes and dislikes on videos and the number of subs? Number of subs, potentially actually, depends on the audience you're aiming at. Now, if you're old, aiming at an older demographic, they're not going to give a shit about how many subs you have. They're really not. They're not going to care. However, if your content is aiming at a much younger demographic, like kids, then they are a little bit more, they like the vanity metrics. For me, they are just vanity metrics. They're not important in any way, shape, or form. The number of views, the number of subs you've got, it's not important. It's the fact you're putting the content out there. And if you're consistently doing it, there's always going to be that chance that next piece of content you put out is the one that's going to pop and really make you fly. And you could stop tomorrow, and the content that you create the next day could have been the one. That's why I get people to create content on a consistent basis and not worrying about numbers. Vanity metrics do not matter. So think about the audience you're aiming at. In your case, leads, supporters. Yeah, they're a bit dim. I'd probably have that joking. But um, yeah, think about the age group that you're aiming at and just, yeah, think about that first before you start thinking about, do I need to hide the number of subs I've got, number of likes, dislikes. Number of subs is probably one I would just, yeah, I would hide it. It's not important. And that way it show, you're showing that it's not important to you and it shouldn't be important to your audience. And also it stops any like kids coming on and going, oh, they've only got 100 subscribers. I'm not going to bother. Their content must be rubbish because not enough people like them. You've just got it hidden and then they will come and watch your content and go, oh, that's pr pretty cool. I like, I like this and I love leads. I'm going to subscribe. Likes and dislikes, leave them public doesn't matter. Same as comments, unless all you're getting is absolute hatred on your content, um, which is highly unlikely unless you're being completely a total knob. Just, yeah, leave it on there and uh, leave the comments on there. The other thing I would say, and this is the same for all social media channels, is respond to the comments. If you, people are taking their time out of their day, and let's face it, when you first start creating content on YouTube, it's hard enough. So if people are there and they're actually leaving comments on your content and you're only getting maybe three con comments on your content, make sure that you actually write back to those people. Don't be an absolute cock about it and think, oh, well, I'm far too important. I'm not going to respond. Just respond to them. Um, so Ed is saying, you see, channels that have loads of subs start having subs more quickly. And I think that is because people think they have a number of subs and they must be good. Ex exactly. Um, so yeah, 100%. Just hide, hide your subs. It's not important anyway, is it? That's that's a thing. And then when you do get a huge audience, maybe release the number of subs you've got because then again, people who are into vanity metrics will realize your content is, is good and will actually start following because everybody else is thinking the same thing. It's, um, there was a, what was it that was posted the other day on Twitter? Um, I can't remember now. Oh, this is so going to really annoy me. But it was something completely banal, really not important. Um, and it was somebody who was quite big. I think it was Charlie DeMeo. That's right. Charlie DeMeo posted about the fact that she ordered uh, some shoes. If you don't know who Charlie DeMeo is, she's very big on TikTok. She's a young girl. She does dance moves and stuff like that. Um, and so young girls and young lads really like her, follow her on TikTok. She's got millions of followers on TikTok. She's obviously gained an audience because of TikTok on other social media channels. And she posted on, t on Twitter that she'd ordered um, three pairs of shoes and all, all three pairs were the wrong size. And it had something ridiculous like 10,000 retweets or something stupid. And somebody had actually po written <laughs> as part of their post, somebody I actually follow, 
how is this giving value to anybody? Why have you all retweeted it? Because there's no real answer to that. And that's where you get to a, you get to a certain stage with influencer uh, side of things where people will just retweet any old crap. So yes, there comes a certain point where actually showing how many subs you've got will really work in your favor. But when you first start, it's just not important. But do make sure you respond to people's comments. If, if people are taking time out of their day to respond to a comment, make sure you respond back as well. Um, for the main reason um, that if you tweeted somebody that you really admire, be it a Leeds player or a former Leeds player or, um, or anybody at all, Ed, or anybody out there, if you just tweeted or um, wrote to somebody you really admire who's an influencer in your game and they, come, they actually responded back to you, it's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I really like that. That's cool. Now, these people have taken time to com comment on your content, so make sure you go back to them. Make sure you respond back to them, even if it's just a simple, thanks ever so much, Bob Pants 1753 Really great of you to comment. Um, I'm glad you appreciate my content. Whatever. Or maybe they're asking a question. You could open up a line of communication. Remember, social media is about being social, so make sure you are that social person when it comes to content and you respond to people's comments. Okay, we're going to open up the floor now to com um, comments, to, uh, well, yeah, comments, to questions. If you've got any questions whatsoever, uh, feel free to uh, let me know what they are. You can also ask me questions on my email. I'm going to open up my email right now, uh, just in case you feel a little embarrassed about asking any questions, uh, full stop on the stream and typing it into a social media channel because you think you'll sound like a bit of a numpty. And uh, we'll answer as many of them as we possibly can do. Um, I've opened it up on my phone so I can close it off my computer uh, so it doesn't keep pinging up on the screen. There we go, I think. Close that down. Yes, it has. Brill. Okay, so any questions whatsoever, drop them into the comments now. We'll answer as many of them as we can do. Ed was asking earlier on, um, SoundCloud, is it dying? So for those of you who don't know what SoundCloud actually is, so SoundCloud is a site I use and millions of other people will use as well. And I use it for podcasting. It's specifically a music site. People post their songs or covers of songs or just general music on there and then people will listen to it. And it's another form of social media site. The reason I use it is for actually as a distribution tool for my podcast. There are other websites out there that will do it. But SoundCloud just seemed like a great place to, to use. It's, um, it's really simple and you don't have to go through too much rigmarole. It gives you all the bits and pieces you need immediately. This, the minute you start having a channel and uploading content, you have all the information there that you need to then have your content go out to other channels. So I, like I say, use it as a distribution channel. So I post my podcast onto SoundCloud and it will go on to places like um, Spotify. It goes on to iTunes and a bunch of other sites as well. And um, absolutely, simply just by me putting the content onto SoundCloud. I had to do pretty much nothing else other than create accounts on those other channels. That's all I had to do. It's that simple. And that's why I use SoundCloud as a place for people to go and listen to the content. Again, I'm not so sure it is dying. I, I still have pretty decent numbers listening to my podcast on a daily basis. It's not necessarily as big as it was, but then I think right now, most people are finding that actually their content is getting a lower amount of interaction because they're not putting enough out. Um, or more to the point, it's getting cannibalized because everybody's creating content. Lots and lots of people are creating content right now because they're at home and they're understanding that 
yes, some people can keep on trading. So if you're an accountant, for example, like Chris, you will content consistently be still doing business because people still need their bookkeeping doing, still need their accounts doing, and that kind of thing. But if you are, I don't know, for example, um, a video creator, so Perception Studios as a video agency, we're still doing editing for people, but we're not doing going out and filming for people, obviously, because we're in lockdown. We're not able to do that. So the people that we were going to do filming with have obviously also gone into lockdown situation and procedures. So even though we can't do our job from home, they're in a lockdown procedure, so we're in a lockdown procedure, so we're not doing any filming. So we're doing other stuff, but that's not taking up all our time. So therefore, as a business, we can do more on social media. And every business is the same. People, More and more people are creating content on social media. So therefore, your content can cannibalize, which is why I spoke about this a few days ago. You need to be creating more content. So SoundCloud, as it's on its own, I don't believe it's dying. No, I don't think it's a dying platform. I think people just need to just like check my emails. I think people just need to be creating more consistent content, putting more stuff out there. It doesn't have to be daily. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I'm doing stuff daily. I'm doing these daily. I'm doing podcasts daily. I'm doing stuff on Instagram as much as I possibly can do. It's not not easy because obviously I've got Max pretty much every single day. And so trying to do work-based stuff while you've got him, it's, it's pretty much impossible. But I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can do at night. Uh, so um, Chris is asking a question. Um, on Google, you can pay to get your ad seen first. Can you do that on YouTube? Um, yes, to a point. So you can do pre-roll ads on, on YouTube. Um, and I think that's a, a really useful tool for your content. If you have um, a piece of content that is pushing people towards um, a product or a funnel, that kind of thing, absolutely perfect is a pre-roll ad. Um, the one thing, and I mentioned this yesterday, is make sure you draw people into the content within the first five seconds. People will click out of that content if they can to as quickly as possible unless you've really caught their attention. So you've got five seconds to do that. Um, sometimes ads are unskippable, but generally they have that five-second limit on there and people will click out of it as quickly as they possibly can to get to the content to make sure that your pre-roll video is really going to capture their attention straight away. In your case, do you want more money? That something like that would probably capture somebody's attention. Um, but don't like do it like a business coach because otherwise people will click off because nobody gives a damn about business coaches. Uh, Ed McIntyre says he uses Acast to distribute his podcast. There are loads of other tools out there. Stitcher is another one. Um, there's another one that I've... I've used in the past that I cannot remember the name of for the life of me, but there's lots of distribution tools out there. It's whichever one that you feel comfortable with. Anchor is an app that you can download on your phone. I have it uh, right here. I don't use it, uh, but I have it so that I can show people um, this little thing here. It looks like a uh, sound wave. And you, if I get, I'm doing things in reverse. Uh, there we go. Anchor. Um, and you can search that. And I think it's on iOS and on Android as well. Um, and that will let you upload your content or create your content on there specifically. And then it will distribute it out to all uh, the different channels. Google Play uh, is another one, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and a bunch of other places as well. So there's there's lots of sites that do it, um, do the distribution for you. It's whatever one you feel comfortable using, really. Um, if in some day that SoundCloud just does turn to crap, then maybe I'll use a different different channel. But for now, it's distributed to my iTunes channel nicely. It does it on podcast on their Spotify, 
really well. In fact, pretty much instantly, the minute I put a piece of content on SoundCloud, within the next 10 minutes or so, it's live on iTunes and on Spotify. Can't really complain about that. Some, some of them take days. So yeah, absolutely fine. But use whatever you're most comfortable with. Use whatever you feel uh, you can use as well. And there are other things that, going back to Chris's question, um, one second, let me just show you on YouTube. So <clears throat> you can pay um, for your ad to then also go into this position. So I'm looking on the on the phone app at the moment, and this is basically what they call point zero. So that's point one, um, but that's not being paid for. This is point zero, and they do this on Google as well. They have um, at the very top of the, the um, search results is now point zero, and then you have the top of the search results, which are one, two, and three, and then you have the map results. So actually, you can pay more money to get to the top of the results. It's the same with this. You can pay for pre-roll ads. You can pay for unskippable pre-roll ads, or you can pay for the top of the feed. And it doesn't have to be involved in any way, shape, or form what you're searching. Because right now, this is just my general recommendation feed. This is what it's saying. Yeah, go and have a watch of these. Um, I've seen some of the content that you've watched, and you're probably going to enjoy some of this. And that particular thing there is at the top of it, and it will probably be connected some way or another to some of the tech that I've looked at online. It's a Wi-Fi uh, plug, super boost plug. Yes, I was complaining the other day about how crap our Wi-Fi is at home um, because BT Wi-Fi, uh, they were in the area the other day, open reach, and um, my Wi-Fi went crap for a few days. Don't know why. Um, Ed McIntyre, I feel as though barbers could give a lot of value currently, showing people how to cut their hair because I need mine doing. Um, yes, as you can see, uh, for those of you who know me on a regular basis, and my hair definitely needs doing. And my wife has threatened to have a go at it with kitchen scissors. I, I'm still contemplating whether I should let her. I have really weird hair. Um, and it grows upwards at the back and all sorts of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think bar I think barbers could do really well right now, teaching people how to do different cuts, how to do a fade, how to shave a head properly, all that kind of stuff. I think they could do some brilliant content. But it's whether they can be bothered to do it um, or whether, even to more to the point, they've been furloughed. Because if you're being furloughed, you're not allowed to really do anything that's connected to your business, any social media, no nothing. So you're in a bit of a six of one, half a dozen of the other situation. Anyway, we've been going for 45 minutes. That's a long, that's a long old stream. Thank you ever so much to everyone for joining us. Uh, we'll give it another couple of minutes. If you've got any questions, um, get them into the comments right now. Otherwise, we're going to finish at 50 minutes. We've been going 46, so we've got four more minutes. And then we're going to end it there. Uh, if you've got any more questions, drop them into the comments. Uh, or like I say, if you're a bit too embarrassed, like you were at school maybe, to stick your hand in the air and say, yeah, this is what I want to ask. My email is scrolling along the bottom of the video. If you're watching or if you're listening right now, <clears throat> my email is simons at perceptionstudios.co.uk. It's in the description. And uh, you can go in there and get it from there anyway. Um, and just click on that and email me your question. And I'll do my best to either answer it right now or we can answer it in a stream coming up very, very soon. Well, tomorrow. In fact, let's have a quick check of Twitter, see if anybody's asked any questions on Twitter at all. Uh, let's go back here. Don't forget as well, if you are watching on Twitter as well at the moment, make sure when you see the stream, you retweet it because when you retweet the stream, obviously then the audience sees it and hopefully more people will come and join us, ask more questions. And even if it's questions that you might not want to ask, then actually you might actually get somebody else asking that question and give you the answer. So how cool would that be? Uh, Ed is asking, what's the best time to upload videos, do you think, if you're trying to teach people in Europe and in the US, English speaking, when's your best time? 
So if you're trying to reach an, a US and an, a European audience, that's a really difficult one because they're obviously going to be watching at very different times. I would aim for where your biggest audience is. So on YouTube, you can go into your analytics, you can see where your biggest audience is from. And also you can break down a little bit further and kind of see literally what part of the country they're in as well. And so then you can actually reach them when they're going to be watching. So for example, if your biggest audience is in America, then you can break it down a little bit more, see what region they're in and go, okay, it's on New York time. So you know they're five hours behind us. So what's the best time to release content? That might work for both your British audience, who might be the second best audience, but also the New York audience. Well, they're going to get up about seven or eight o'clock in the morning. If you say seven, then that's going to be quite late. So maybe bring it a little bit earlier and then it's in their stream or in their feed when they get up. So you can post it like five o'clock New York time, 10 o'clock UK time. Then you've still got a chance of people watching it. Or you could post it four o'clock American time and nine o'clock UK time. But just remember that if your biggest audience is in America and they really interact with your content really well, you want to be aiming to post your content for them, not specifically for the British audience and vice versa. If it's a British audience who is your biggest audience, post it for them and then the content will just drop into the feed for the American audience at the, at the time that you post it and then hopefully they will see it. Right now, it's not really going to make too much of a difference because people are online a hell of a lot more. So there's a chance they're going to be online when you post the content for your British audience. When the people go back to their offices or back to their day jobs, and we will all go back at some point or another, we don't know when, but we will go back to work at some point. That is when you need to start thinking a little bit more strategically about when you're posting it and aiming it at the bigger audience rather than just going, this is going to work for both, both channels or both audiences. Hopefully that's answers your question. So there's no specific answer, but just look at where your bigger audience is. But right now, I probably wouldn't worry too much. I would just aim at posting when both can potentially see it. So like, like I say, nine o'clock in the evening, that would be eight o'clock in the morning. I can't remember, I'm, I'm getting my maths wrong, but whatever, you, you get what I'm talking about. Good job I'm not an accountant. Um, anyway, thank you ever so much for watching today. We're coming up to 50 minutes. I think we'll call it a day there. Uh, thanks for tuning in for another day's confused and generally buggered. One last sip from my cup. And um, I will catch you tomorrow. If you've got any questions, as always, make sure you ask them on the feed where you're watching this right now or drop me an email and we'll answer as many of them as we possibly can do tomorrow. And uh, if you've not done it already, join my group on Facebook, How to Nine Times Social Media, completely free. It doesn't cost you a thing. First link in the page is a link to my book, my former number one book, How to Nine Times Your Social Media. That's totally free as well. Won't cost you a penny. And you don't even need to sign up to my newsletter to get hold of it. So just get your details filled in, download your free copy, say yes or no to my newsletter, and work your way through that book and start creating some content. Until tomorrow, have a good rest of your day. Uh, hopefully you uh, enjoy your Saturday. Stay safe. Uh, stay inside unless you're doing your exercise. And uh, I will see you tomorrow. Bye. This was a Perception Studios production.